0: 20 minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack A Day Podcast.
1: Hello everyone and welcome inside another edition of a Pack a Day Podcast. It is Christmas Day. We hope you are having a wonderful Christmas from everyone here at the Packaday Podcast. Hope you are enjoying it. Hopefully, Santa brought you everything you were looking for.
2: I am your host today, Nick Schmitz, and I am joined by Tyler Gresgora. Tyler, how are you today? Uh, I am awesome, Nick. Uh, you know, still kind of riding the high of that Packers victory over the Jets on Sunday, but uh, I'm I'm awesome. I'm, I'm excited for what happened, and I'm excited for what's about to come. Absolutely. Well, you know. So let's just jump right into it, Tyler. Interesting game on
1: Sunday. As far as the playoffs are concerned, it meant nothing for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers still played. I know there was a lot of debate of whether or not he should be playing in a meaningless game or not. And he took some shots, but he looked really good. Uh, Over 400 yards passing for the third time this year. Two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. And, you know, it's interesting because – we've discussed so many times whether or not he should play did you like that he played and what did you think of his play overall i mean it's almost i personally feel it's the best he's played all year when you look at numbers and what
2: he was able to do for the team and did you agree with the decision to let him play on sunday uh initially no but if you've been listening to this podcast for the past couple of weeks or even following me on twitter um, you know, I thought maybe Rodgers had to play this last week in order to kind of get himself back on track. And I, that's kind of why I was indifferent, um, to him playing against the Jets and, you know, after, obviously after seeing how he performed on Sunday, I'm kind of happy that he did play because it looks like he, you know, I was, I was sitting here with my girlfriend enjoying the game and I told her, I said, this looks like the Rodgers of old. You know, he's he's running, he's making plays outside of the pocket. Yes, there were still some plays where it seemed like he was a little off, but it seemed like from the second quarter on, Rodgers was Rodgers again, and it was just a lot of fun to watch. You know, we talked about it yesterday. He was having a lot of fun on the field. We got a discount double check. So just to kind of see all of that kind of come together made everything worth it to, to see Rodgers play on Sunday I, you know, I think he'll play against Detroit uh, on Sunday. I kind of have the, the mixed feelings about it. But at the same time, you know, Rodgers has gone out there now and proven that he is the leader of this team, you know, based off of all the comments that he had leading up to the Jets game and then going out and performing the way he did. I kind of see this team hopefully rallying behind that and maybe making this their rally cry moving forward. Yeah, and you know, Tyler, it's really interesting that you mentioned that
1: Aaron Rodgers looked like the Aaron Rodgers of old through most of the game yesterday, because there were different points during the game where I was watching the team, and I had feelings of, wow, this team looks really good, and I was optimistic about moving forward, and then there were other times during the game where I was like, man, this team is awful, and you know, they really put it together in the fourth quarter. I honestly, when they when they went down 15, I didn't think they would come back. But, you know, we talk about Rodgers kind of looking like the team of old or, the, or the, the quarterback of old. What can we say about the team? Because, like I said, there were times where they looked really good and then there were other times where they looked really bad. What do you expect to see against Detroit this weekend? And how do you – look at the really good of the team and the really bad of the team that we've seen and kind of look towards
2: next year and get a picture of what you think this team is going to be like. Well, honestly, Nick, it's kind of hard because the defense is so ravaged by injuries and the offense. I I don't know if this offense is going to be the exact same next year. I feel like there's going to be turnover in the wide receiver room uh, you know, I think we might, be talking about an entire new right side of the offensive line. And if Rogers returns to his old self, then that just off- that offense just evolves completely. So, you know, what I'm looking for in the lions game is just going to be to build off of what they did in the jets game. The final, we'll say four quarters from the second quarter, second quarter through overtime, the final four quarters of that game. I just want to see the Packers build off of that, and I kind of want to see them just kind of give it to the Lions, and you know, obviously, don't let the Lions escape Lambeau with a victory. Uh, They need to reestablish that the dominance in that uh, rivalry. But in order to see what this team is going to look like in 2019, I feel like we're going to have a lot of turnover uh, in the in the roster. I feel like we're going to be going to be getting a lot of players back from injury. And there's gonna be new coaches. I think we might even see a new coach on the defensive side of the ball, which I you know, I'm not necessarily pushing for, but I understand at this point. And I, I just think that next year is so hard to project because I feel like there are gonna be so many different things falling into place for twenty nineteen.
1: Very true. And you know, I saw this from Rob Demonsky, ESPN writer for the Packers the trio of wide receivers between Equinemius St Brown, Marquez Valdez Scantling, and Jake Kumerow—they combined for 13 receptions yesterday for 237 yards and a touchdown. Now, what are, are these just one-time games? Because I mean, obviously St Brown and Valdez Scantling—they're rookies and they're going to be kind of hit and miss. Uh, they both seem to have a lot of potential. Uh, they just need to. It seems like they need more practice time with Rodgers, But, you know, St. Brown yesterday, before he got knocked out of the game in the fourth quarter, he had five catches for 94 yards. And I, I mean, I think if he doesn't get knocked out of the game, you know, he's clearly got, you know, two or three more receptions for over a hundred yards. Do we take anything away from these three players? You know, Jake Kummerow had the 49 yard touchdown reception, valdez Scantling had a 42-yard reception. Equiniumius St. Brown had a 33-yard reception, and they seemed to sometimes uh, make big plays on big downs for the team. You know, are these going to be? Are all three of them going to be an integral part of the roster and receiving core next year? Or what? What should fans be expecting from these three? Or even if it's not all three, is there a couple of them that you're looking at saying, yeah, these? these guys will be part of the roster and will be a big part of the receiving core next year.
2: Yeah, and Jacob Westendorf and I actually talked about this yesterday at length. So if you want a little bit more in-depth of a conversation, please go back and listen to yesterday's episode. But the point is, moving forward with these young receivers, I think that Equinemia St. Brown and Marcos Valdez-Scantling, I think they're the two guys that you're kind of focusing on outside of Devontae Adams. You know, Obviously, he's going to be there for... For the immediately foreseeable future. Uh, and I believe he's I'm already locking him into another contract extension, barring anything that happens in the next couple of years. The point is, he those three are your your future at that position. Now, Jake Kumaro, like this every time, every time this guy gets on the field, he seems to make a play. And it's much to my dismay because I am just not a fan of Kumaro. I think he's overhyped. And I don't believe he is going to be a vital part of this offense moving forward I don't even think he's going to be a relatively significant part um, you know I think he might be a training camp and preseason body next year and I think that's kind of where we see the end of Kumaro but this group again isn't just another one that is just going to be I think supplemented this this next offseason uh, we talked about it yesterday about adding a free agent and drafting a wide receiver with a top three uh, top three round draft pick and I think that's possibly something we could see. I think they need a little bit more uh, dynamic playmaker ability in that in that receiving core, and I think that's something that they'll look to add this offseason. Um, I think overall, this offense needs one or two more weapons. Uh, I think Equinemius St. Brown and Marcos Valdez-Scantling are going to take big second-year leaps. Uh, they're obviously rookies, as you talked about, and they've I think they've exceeded everybody's expectations for the year. Uh, I do want to take a second to talk about Equinemius St. Brown's catch, Along the sideline, it looked like a. At first glance, it looked like a cover two. I have yet to go back and rewatch the the play or the game, but it was in it was in I think the fourth quarter or maybe even overtime. It was when uh, Equinemia St. Brown got knocked out with the uh, concussion. Uh, that was about with uh, I think nine and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Yeah. yeah, so he that play specifically spoke a lot to me. Because Equinemia St. Brown has been painted at this, as this soft player and this soft receiver coming out of college. And to see him find that hole in that coverage, Rodgers to hit him, already a special play at that point, but then Equinemia St. Brown to get hit the way he did and hold on to the ball, yeah, he got taken out of the play for the next, for the next play, but... Just to see him make that kind of play, it shows me that he's willing to put his body on the line, which is something that I don't think a lot of analysts or even fans would have said coming out of Notre Dame. And I think that's going to be a big step for him moving forward. And I, overall, I'm very excited for the future of the receiving core uh, with what they have and what they could possibly do. And
1: you know what, Tyrone, I'm really glad you brought that play up because to me, what stood out, and I mean, you kind of alluded to it, but how many receivers would have taken that hit and dropped that pass? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's to me, it was, it was really nice to be able to see that, you know, he's like you said, willing to put his body on the line. He made that catch and took that hit. And unfortunately he got knocked out for the rest of the game. But that's what impressed me the most was a lot of receivers would have dropped that pass more than likely after that hit, which was, it was, it was nice to see him bring that in and, and, You know, I'm looking at some of these stats here. He was targeted five times yesterday or on Sunday, and he caught all five of his targets. And, uh, you know, and between St. Brown and Scantling, they actually, for the most part, almost outperformed Devontae Adams together combined. Uh, Not that Devontae Adams didn't have a great game. He had a hell of a game with 11 catches for 71 yards. I mean, do you is this debate's been
2: going on forever is Devontae Adams a top 5 receiver in the league if you had asked me at the beginning of the year i would have said he's really close uh you know seeing him this year he is an all pro receiver and um that that means he's a top 5 receiver in my in my mind you know you, you want to talk about some of the other receivers in the league Antonio Brown o- Odell Beckham Julio Jones Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, just we, the list goes on and on and on, um, and I, I definitely think he's a top five receiver in the league. I don't think anybody can cover him. He, the Packers, if you look at their receiving core from week to week, and you look at the def, the defensive matchups, Adams consistently gets the number one corner, and it's without a doubt. But there is no other receiver that gained as much attention as Devonte Adams did from game to game. And to see the production from him from game to game, I think just solidifies that argument that he is a top five receiver.
1: All right. Well, I, I want to finish out this receiving talk here real quick with just a quick, just kind of gut feeling from you. Randall Cobb, he missed the game on Sunday with a concussion. I, we're not sure if he'll play this coming Sunday against the Lions, do you think he's back in Green Bay next year? i don't
2: uh I don't think that it I don't think that it's impossible that he will be if he is it's gonna be at a severe discount. um I don't think he's gonna get anywhere near the same value of contract that he got previously. The bottom line is if you're gonna pay somebody, they have to play, and we're not even talking about production because when Cobb is on the field, he's generally productive and he's generally better for the offense. But you have to be on the field, and for for Randall Cobb, obviously that's been a huge problem for him, and I think that's just why hopefully you know one can wish and maybe I'm you know kind of prolonging my little Christmas wish here, but maybe he'll take a hometown discount and come back uh, on a on a discounted contract and if I am hundred percent willing to do that i I don't not want him in Green Bay. I would like him to come back i just I think he's going to demand too much money and you know, if that's the case, then I do think that he should walk and somebody else should pay him. So Jamal Williams, he filled in on Sunday for Aaron Jones,
1: 15 attempts, 95 yards, averaged about six and a half yards a carry and had a touchdown. Did he change anything in your mind? I guess I, I don't know where your mindset is between uh, Williams and Jones, but did did Jamal Williams do anything to help himself with with uh, the roster moving
2: forward next year and his playing time compared to Aaron Jones? So I've always been a little bit more of a fan of Jamal Williams than I think the casual Packer fan is. Um, he does he just does a lot of the little things right and i i really like that in a running back you know like for instance when he's getting hit his legs don't stop moving he's always fighting for that extra yard you know i think he's a successful pass blocker just the little things that you need on a football team i would i would classify jamal williams as a football player and i think the, i think those are important guys to have now moving forward i still don't think he's the number 1 running back and i'm okay with him being number 2 but he's if, if Jamal Williams is your starting running back, you probably should upgrade the position. If he's your number two and he's playing situationally, then you're probably doing all right, and I'm okay with that. I think that next year, one of the focuses of this offense needs to be carving out a specific role for these guys and bringing a little bit more clarity to the situation as opposed to, who are we going to get this week? Are we going to get them for 15 snaps? Are we going to get them for five snaps? And I think that in 2019 the next coach that needs to be one of their primary objectives with of this offense is carving out a role uh whether it's short yardage for Williams and you know everything else inside the or outside the 20s is Aaron Jones or if they bring in another rookie if Capri Bibbs sticks which i we didn't see him i don't think at all on sunday you know there's a couple different ways that they could go with this position um i i likened it on yesterday's podcast to the, the state of this position, I likened it to last year's wide receiver position, whereas it doesn't necessarily need to be addressed or upgraded, but it definitely could be, and we might see that this offseason.
1: All right, so moving to the defense quick, they didn't look very good on Sunday. Is that just because they're so banged up? I mean... I- they It didn't seem to be their best defensive game. Is there anything to it other than the fact that they're just riddled with injury, or can you just chalk up their defense right now to just being depleted in what feels like every position?
2: Yeah, I honestly think that's what it is. I mean, even starting the Jets game, they lost Jair Alexander right away, and I believe there was another injury early on in the game. Uh, just the defense has never been able to stay healthy, it seems like. Um, you know, specifically looking at the defensive backs, you're running Eddie Pleasant out there. That is nowhere near ideal. The The safety group specifically needs to get deeper, more quality, uh, more quality players and a deeper amount of pool or a deeper pool of talent, I should say, at the position. You know, inside linebacker, they've been they've been plagued there all year. You know, with Jake Ryan going down in the preseason. Uh, it's edge position. I don't think we have to talk about the edge position. It's been talked at at nauseum. You know, just in general, you know, when when they lost Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark, I I could have told you this defense was doomed because that's what this defense was built around. It was what it was built upon, and it was like it, Mike Pettin was putting those two guys to work. And that's where he was generating his defensive pressure. And that's how they were stopping. That's how they were managing to be serviceable against the run. All these different types of things. And now it feels like Mike Pettin is doing with what he can. Sometimes there's still some questionable things. But obviously I'm not an NFL head coach or offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. So I don't know what they're thinking. But this defense has just been ravaged by injuries and I, I don't feel like we got a good clear picture of what this unit is moving forward
1: all right well last thing before we wrap up here Tyler Sunday's game against the lions Packers are six eight and one lions are five and ten if there is any reason to get Packer fans excited what is the one if if and maybe it's not just one, but what are some reasons to get Packer fans excited about this game that doesn't mean anything? Is there anything fans should be looking for to get them excited to sit down and watch this game start to finish?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, you're looking at the wide receivers. Uh, Again, we're going back to Equinemia, St. Brown, and Marcos, Valdez, Scantling. I want to see them build upon their performances. Uh, I want to see Tanyan get a couple more opportunities than he got in Sunday's game. Uh, against the Jets. I want to see Rodgers keep it up. I want to see Rodgers go out there and torch the Lions. I essentially want to see the offense go out there and just pummel the Lions into the ground. Let's leave 2018 on a good note. This incredibly sour, disappointing year. Let's just leave it on a good note and let's roll into 2019 after hopefully a strong offseason, which I have a lot of confidence in Brian Gutekunst to do. And I'm just looking forward to keeping keeping the ball rolling. You know, hopefully the defense can go out there and make some plays. Tyler Lancaster's been playing very well. Uh, Dean Lowry's been all right. Montrevius Adams is finally putting it together. It looks like Josh Jones is playing a little bit more, fa- uh, a little bit quicker, a little bit faster. You know, some of these things that you just need to build on for 2019. I want to see them keep building in the Lions game.
1: All right. Well, just to give you all a little side note from Vegas, the Packers. Opened or are opening as of Monday, Christmas Eve as a seven point favorite over the Lions, which sounds about right after a road win against the Jets. Neither team is very good, but I would say that sounds about right for a line. uh make sure you keep an eye on it, moving closer to game time. Hopefully, Equanimius St. Brown come back from his concussion injury, hopefully doesn't keep him out. I'd love to see him play on Sunday
2: uh Tyler if people want to follow your work how can they do that so as always you can find me on twitter at tyler underscore grez t-y-l-e-r underscore g-r-e-z
1: all right and as always you can follow me nick schmitz at sports schmitty on twitter we are out of time for today guys we hope you guys enjoyed the game on sunday i know everyone's kind of concerned about draft picks but enjoy the win they got one road win this year and Man, I, I don't know. It I feel like it'd be embarrassing to say we didn't win a single game on the road this year, so I'm glad we got that. Brighter things are ahead for the Packers, it seems. Let's keep this positive positivity rolling, like you said, Tyler. I really agree with that. Let's leave 2018 on a good note. We hope you guys had a very great Christmas. Please enjoy it, and make sure you guys tune in tomorrow. Uh, I will be back again tomorrow with Jacob Westendorf. who will be breaking down more of this upcoming Sunday's game against the Lions, so make sure you tune in for that. And thank you guys for listening, as always, and Go Pack Go!
0: From the 16 of New York, first down, goal to go. Rodgers in the shotgun, Williams to his left, here's the snap. Rodgers clean pocket, throws the middle of the, Get the-, the- Morris Playboard to the back line of the end zone, and the Packers have won it! Rodgers, with Williams to his right, takes the snap, they pick up the blitz, locked it, it on the left side, he's got Kubler right up open, right sideline, cuts it back to the 10 to the end zone, touchdown, no flag, 49-yard pass play, Kuberow from Rodgers! Motion to the right side of St. Brown. Pips goes to Williams around the left end. Pass and block makes it turn to the 5. Barrow down to the end zone. Touchdown. Oh, look By Jamal Williams to get the pylon. 7-yard touchdown run. And it's 21-13 to 13 New York. Roger, shotgun, takes the snap, rolls the pocket right, looking, now, Watson right side, got a man wide open, safe ground, stiff arms his way by a man, inside the third, 25, down the three-yard line of New York. Snap, Roger, shotgun, looking, steps up, climbs the pocket, throws the left side, he's got Mark down. That's gambling down the left side, line's 30, stays in play to the 25, he's down at the 20-yard line. It is fourth and one. Rogers snaps to Rogers. Looks, pops it over the left side. He's got Robert Tanya that across. Across the 40. Between the numbers brought down at the 35 yard line of New York. First down. Here's the snap. Faking handoff. Rolling right as Rogers looks the zone. Takes it himself. He's in for the score. It's 35 29. Rogers scoring on a one yard touchdown run around the right end. Takes the snap. Backpedals, pump fakes once, and again, holds the outside. side, Rodgers going to take it himself, to the 20, to the 15, cuts it back in the back of the play, and he's wide open, near the one-yard line, oh my goodness Aaron Rodgers, wheeling his way inside the five. So fourth down for the Packers, inches away from the lead score, Rodgers takes quarterback sneak, reaches oh. over, and the ball came loose, but it's a touchdown. Rogers reached it over, and the Packers have taken the lead, 36-35.